Hey, it's Michael, and you're listening to LibioX, a podcast about design and user experience for libraries on the higher ed web. Um, joined today by Jason Griffey. Hey, guys. Uh, Jason, you want to intro yourself just a little bit? Sure. And talk about anything you want to plug before we go off the deep end? <laughs> I, li- I like deep ends. I know how to swim. Um <laughs> So, yeah, hi, I'm uh, Jason Griffey. I am uh, a librarian and technologist, um, formerly an academic librarian, uh, head of technology at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, currently um, self-employed and a fellow at the Berkman Center for Internet and Society here at Harvard University. How's your self-employment going for you? I remember when you um, left chat and... uh... Um, it seems like, um, at least in terms of what you're outputting, in terms of like videos and blogs and things, how's that working for you? It's been really interesting, you know? I mean, it's, uh, it, uh, it is both uh, deep and broad freedoms and uh, continuous existential dread. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. I mean, this, this opportunity, the opportunity to be here at the Berkman Center, uh, where kind of so many amazing technology things have emerged, right? I mean, this is where Creative Commons got its start. This is where the DPLA got its start. This is where, I mean, it's just, it's incubated so many kind of amazing things. Um, This opportunity wouldn't have come about if I hadn't left my my previous position, which, you know, I mean, so in in that kind of way, it's been, it's been incredibly worth it. I mean, this is, this is an experience that I, 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 I can't really can't even get into words yet. Um, but the experience, the, the experience of leaving, leaving my job and kind of being self-employed has been, um, it's been good. It's been definitely in, instructional. I've learned a whole lot about myself and what I like to work on and what I don't like to work on and what, um, you know, what sort of, uh, what sort of things really get me revved up and make me want to dive into them. And, um, unfortunately I've also discovered that a lot of the things that get me revved up and make me want to dive into them are really hard to make money doing. <laughs> so I've had to balance that, you know, so, but it's, it's great. It's great. And, um, again, the opportunities have been just, I feel like I've leveled up, you know, <laughs> uh, an order of magnitude in my, uh, in my knowledge base, just having, having spent almost a year now, uh, uh, academic year, almost an wow. academic year here uh, at year, uh, yeah here here at Harvard. It's been, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I, I'll there are air quotes. There's no video, so you can't see the air quotes. But I'm done in big air quotes. Uh, at the end of May, I'll be uh, heading out of how uh, heading out of uh, the Berkman Center. I've been here in Cambridge since uh, September, and. Uh, you know, kind of in residence as a fellow. I'm hoping, I, nothing is official yet, I'm hoping to continue my affiliation and everything and, you know, continue to be a fellow and uh, and uh, interact with everything because they, they just do so many cool, amazing things. But uh, I, I'll be back in Tennessee uh, come, you know, the end of May and we'll uh, we'll see what happens after that. Well, that's cool. Good luck. To be honest, though, I'm really kind of excited to pick your brain um, because at the Berkman Center, you may be privy to things that maybe haven't been announced yet. So and what I'm leading to is that there's this article, among many, the, uh, there's this article that I like. It's on a Tech Pinions. Um, there is a revolution ahead, and it has a voice, which posits that, like, you know, hey, ever since uh, the dawn of computers, um, what we had to do to operate them, to get them to do what we want them to do, was... Um, we had to become more like the computer. We had to learn the computing language. We had to interface with interface with it more than the computer. It actually, had to become more like us. But now, the the idea 
Um, the reality is that this is changing, that our ability to interface is um, natural. And so there's this poll quote that I'll, uh, I'll make sure to include somewhere where they write, um, what if we didn't need to learn arcane commands? Uh, what if you could use the most effective and powerful communication tool ever invented? This tool, over millions of years, and um, or has evolved over millions of years, and allows you to express complex ideas in very compact and data-dense ways, yet can be nuanced to the width of a hair. And what is this tool? It is our voice. <laughs> um, and it's just the kind of... Uh, um, Slightly like science fiction <laughs> lead that just really like got my uh, gears a turning. Yeah. So right now we have Siri on our iPhones. We have okay Google. Um, yeah, there's Cortana. Cortana, Cortana on yeah. Windows. There's uh, the Amazon uh, Echo ecosystem with the Echo and oh, the Alexa's uh, amazing. The Dot too. and the now the Tap, which they just uh, just launched a little, um, not even a month ago probably. There's um, some standalone um there's some standalone products there's one from is it soundcloud that does um is that right that's not right and it's a it's a standalone one it's called hound h-o-u-n-d hound and um if you have not seen the demo videos and things of that one if if you get a chance afterward if you want to embed it in the page or something it is freaking incredible like they have i don't know exactly what they've done but it like it is an amazing demo <laughs> you can like, literally the demo is something like uh you can uh, you can ask it basically like okay so who uh you know which which MLB teams played today and who uh, got the most runs and of the people that got the most runs what was the mvp of the game and of the mvp of the game you, and you can just do this like rambly what? like completely insane set of the the demo is like yeah anyway you have to watch the video you, you need to embed it in the page for the for the uh <laughs> will, for yeah. the thing it is and it is a mind-blowingly good um voice uh voice app so anyway um I'm going to rewind a little bit and just give a little bit of context to the listeners, if you don't mind. <laughs> sure, um, please do. And that is, so we're uh, we're we're hitting this point in computing where uh, there's this confluence of uh, data and big data analysis, um, horsepower from the chips themselves, and the ability to do. Um, voice to text and text to voice, right? So you can do this kind of language processing stuff. And then um, the natural language processing that comes when you combine the two so that you can do kind of recognition of phrases, recognition of e even kind of uh, even um, uh, recognition of tone. And uh, you can, you can, the computer, uh, the, the, the voice analysis stuff can do, you know, uh, uh, not semantic analysis um, can do analysis of you know are you are you happy are you sad are you worried are you right it can do tone analysis right and um, those are all fairly robust and well developed technologies at this point so when you when you put all of that together you have the ability to do these really uh, quite convincing interfaces just with voice and that's kind of it's it's the the the, the vocal extension of what is uh, 
now kind of taking over the web or taking over at least some parts of the app and web ecosystem with chatbots, right? Where you you're interacting with an with an artificial uh, uh, with an artificial uh, system, but you're doing it in kind of natural language, asking it questions and things. And this natural language processing can be done in text or can be done in voice. And um, these things are really really good these days i mean if again for the people out there who have not tried some of the uh some of the the particularly good ones my uh, my favorite i think is the echo i think alexa that technology like amazon is not always awesome when it comes to like hardware they've they've screwed up a couple of times hello fire phone but um Man, they really nailed that experience. I, I think that makes a little bit more sense, and I feel like uh, Echo is probably better in their wheelhouse than creating something like a smartphone. Because what Amazon does well is not, you know, the the, the store is what funds the really cool stuff. What Amazon does well is um, web services. Yeah, that's and true. So they have like they have these robust, indescribably scalable um, systems that can crunch and pass data around, you know, and so. Like what, where Siri fails, where um, you know what pulls you out of the experience. Let's let's assume that, that like her uh, returns are actually useful. But what will pull you out of the experience first is one where she has to ping a server, um, and it takes thirty seconds yeah. to a minute, especially if you're on the road. Yep. So um, Amazon has a much greater ability to just crunch that data. Similar, this is it's, it's not dissimilar to. Um, what makes the Google search so well? It's just you know, its its algorithm is good, but its uh, data crunching power is um, without parallel. Yeah, yeah. I usually I, I usually uh, use use the term just horsepower, right? It's just like the sheer amount of the sheer amount of power you can throw at the uh, at the uh, at the problem. And the and we've talked about what so the phone, the various phone things. You the, we've got Amazon. The other kind of big player in the background of this tech is uh, IBM and Watson and they've got oh, some sure, of course. really crazy tech going on there right there I didn't even think about Watson and, and, and all of this like um like hype yeah. like, I, just, I just totally forgot that like Watson participated in several rounds of Jeopardy yep. by voice yep, it did and not not only that but they have uh, they're the only uh, as far as I'm aware, I don't think Microsoft does. They're the only one that I'm not completely sure about. But um, Watson, IBM, and Watson are the only ones that I know of that have um, an op- uh, open. I'll use again air quotes, but uh, an active API that you can use um, to get your finger into Wat- Watson's uh, vocal processing, the audio processing stuff. So you can you can actually do. Um, they have a, an API that allows for like, and I may get the number wrong, but it's something like a thousand minutes a month or something um, for free, right? And you can just basically throw Watson audio files and it will do analysis and kind of whatever programmatically you want it to do to that. It'll turn it into text and then do semantic analysis of the text and do all sorts of things and then return all of that to you. So. Yeah, the um, they've got all sorts of interesting toys in their in their toy box over at IBM. Well, some of this is even coming to the browser, right? Yeah. So, like uh, the like the the HTML5 API uh, web speech is uh, um, finally got like rel- rel- relatively okay support. And what that actually lets you do is um, it's more of uh, uh, an interface where y- you know you can 
communicate data yeah. to and like your own data set. Like it's not going to do any of the thinking for no. you. But um, but the idea that these are these are capabilities that have if they've existed, they've been baked into native applications, but now these are things that you can actually bring to something as simple as like a, a site. Um, so we're here and like, you know, like you said, this is a, an, um, an audio, uh, an, an audio analogy to chatbots. Yeah. They're, they're not dissimilar. No. Right? So like one's just communicating through text and the other is just verbalizing that. Um, and uh, both of these are kind of like, and have fascinating use cases. Yep. No, they they totally do. I mean the um, the the ability. I mean again, you, you, the, the the classic examples on things like Google or uh, even with Apple and Siri, right? Are you know voice commands to play songs, voice commands to um, voice commands to look up directions, voice commands. To you know, just to, to get the sort of thing that you might you might get instead with your you know with your fingers typing the, your destination in and all of that, but um, uh, the the real power comes from the ability to kind of do follow on conversations mm-hmm. with uh, them. You know, like so you can do things like and I I know this works with Amazon, I know this works with Siri to some degree, but you can do things like you know you can ask a question. Uh, you know, uh, again, I'll, I'll use baseball, even though I don't know much about it, uh, unfortunately. But y- you know, you could say, um, uh, wh- you know, uh, who, who, uh, which team is leading the NL West, right? And then it'll say whoever that is, and then you can say, uh, what year were they founded? And the system is smart enough to know that the they there, right, is the team that it just gave you. It, you don't have to, there's this conversational piece where um, it's, it's, it's smart enough to, 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 to interpret the conversations even down to the pronoun sort of way. So these are, they're getting so much better than they were even, even a year, even two years ago, they were not nearly that sophisticated. I've told the story uh, in a couple of presentations, um, but the, my favorite, my favorite story that I have personally about these sorts of, of, of bots or uh, augmented uh, uh, augmented personalities, artificial personalities. I'm not quite sure exactly where they fall, but um, with these sort of services, is uh, I was I was preparing a presentation um, a year or so ago, and my daughter, who is eight now, seven then, Eliza, and I was kind of talking with her about tech and about kind of what she liked and what she didn't like, and I asked her, okay, so a- imagine we got rid of every piece of technology in the house, anything that was electronic. Like we just, everything in the house goes away. And if anyone knows me, you know, like how incredibly drastic that might be. I I have a very high tech house because that's just the guy I am. Um, I said, you know, it all goes away, but you get to choose one thing to keep. What would you keep? And I expected, I fully expected like television, right? Or iPad maybe. Right, like if she's slightly more sophisticated at, at seven, iPad. Um, you know, I, I I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Her immediate answer, she didn't even pause. Her immediate answer was, "Oh, I'd keep Alexa." And I said, "Really? Like before the t- 
television before you know before the computer like why would you keep alexa and she said oh because well i can talk with her and i was like wow that is so like completely mind blowing right because she didn't you know her her choice was driven entirely by and you can tell by the language she used right like she saw this as a as an entity as a person not as a thing right but as like a conversational partner and it was like that was totally mind blowing to me i was like okay we have totally different expectations and backgrounds and you know like you are inter- interacting with this in a way that you, that i with my you know my my adult brain i don't map it that way but boy she did she was like no i'd i'd keep alexa like she's cool and she plays my music and i can talk to her and ask her questions it's like okay right these are ex- these are the things that are that capture my attention yeah. because you think that it's like oh okay voice is going to be cool because it makes doing hard programming things easier but we fail to uh consider that you know maybe the tangential thing they bring is a sense of company oh, I, no uh, i think community. it's i'll tell you the truth like i I've, I've become increasingly convinced it's all about empathy it's all about yeah. like it's it's all about empathizing with the things we use and um you know there's there's a sense where you know apple is famous for um claiming like you know they're they want to inspire delight right like they want that's (laughs) their kind of the way they talk about their technology the way they want to you know they want it to get out of the way and they want it to make your life better and to make you happy and they talk about it in emotive emotional language and um i mean it's one of the reasons they're the biggest technology company in the entire world right is that they've succeeded in making people feel very strongly emotional feelings about their tech and man when you add human voices to this sort of interaction it becomes a very different emotional experience and i've i've caught my my daughter apologizing to alexa before like Mm, (laughs) right i've seen that yeah and you don't apologize you don't apologize to non-feeling things right you don't apologize to machines you apologize to things that you expect to have emotions do you think uh like right now could uh, alexa pass a touring test i don't think so i don't think alexa's there yet i think watson probably is if if you (laughs) if you threw watson up against the up against people, I think it would come out ahead, probably. But does does Watson consider your tone of voice? You, you said something like that at the beginning, yeah. and uh, I, I'd never considered um, communicating a command out of frustration versus one out of boredom. How really that tone should impact the results oh, yeah. that are returned to you, and that's just fascinating. Yeah. I, I, you know, like you know, I the core of our profession is around like a search tool, right, and so. These is, this is something that has like never occurred to me, and that's why I'm just sort of like, like my my imagination is just kind of running freely. Yeah. So it's like, uh, okay, library, I need this article, but I'm really irritated about this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, so in the chatbot world, in the textual chatbot world, there are instances where people have, and this is the case with, um, oh man, I'm trying to think of a couple of examples, but I I know that um, it may be Cortana. 
that if you um, if you insult or like curse at her, if you like aggressive at Cortana, I believe it's Cortana that reacts negatively to you and like actually like doesn't function as well. Like really like like punishes you for being mean to her. I think that's right. Um, but that if it isn't Cortana, it is one of them. And um, there's definitely that is the I think the future of some of these interfaces is the the um, that tonal you know emotional analysis stuff because you can you know you can tweak your results depending upon what you think you know is going on it there's no think about the entire process of onboarding as like an application yeah. teaches you how to use it absolutely it, it grooms you into a certain kind of that is absolutely <laughs> right absolutely yeah i mean it's there is no it's not a it's not a uh, an accident that the first chat bot that most people ran into in the early days of the web was eliza who was you know what was what was eliza's job she was a therapist <laughs> right <laughs> she was an artificial therapist that was the first like the first chatbot most people came across in the early days of the web so like this whole idea of like emotional tonal you know sort of measurement of of interactions with people is not you know that's been going on for a while but it's really really powerful when you can do it with someone's voice so what does this uh like have we, have we seen any kind of like um Voice user interface implemented at the um, the library or the higher ed web level. Have we seen this like in universities or? I haven't seen one yet. Although I keep expecting one to pop up at any time. Like it, it seems like we're ripe for the ripe for the experiment at this point. I suggested in a sure. blog post or a something I wrote. I don't remember, but I suggested somewhere um, that uh, I think actually it would be fairly straightforward for a library to use the Watson uh, to the use the IBM Watson APIs to write a voice to text text to voice interface for their search engine like for their ILS or for their you know you know whatever because all you need is a front page that does the translating for you and then you do the API calls on the back um, uh, to make that happen um, I posed a question on on Twitter while I was working on something, and what does the role of the uh, the reference librarian yeah. or the the librarian at the desk, or what does that role look like after the bulk of like very basic questions and answers is taken by a bot? Yeah. Like we have knowledge bases already. Where you, hey, when does the library open? And you store an answer. So this is like back end data grooming. Yep. If the question gets complex enough, then this chat bot will take you to the correct librarian. We'll we'll see a little bit of this in twenty sixteen. Oh, I think so. Yeah, it's totally. Someone buildable. already pointed me toward a. Someone already pointed me to a paper twenty twelve. Uh, the library chatbot IRC or mm-hmm. something like that. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's been textual chatbots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For oh, for that, that has happened before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 idea of putting a voice interface on things. Uh, I think yeah. This, I think this is the year we probably see one. Um, Someone will play with it. With uh, the web speech API, like all you need to do is feed it um, data. So if you have the chatbot working, all you have to do is feed it something. You would need Watson or, or a much more sophisticated system to better interpret voice input. But voice output is something we can do right now. And I, I'm, I can't yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, I think there's a lot of opportunities. And 
Um, I, yeah, I'm really excited. I think there, I mean, there are like, there are questions that are, I, I mean, I think, uh, difficult and challenging when it comes to especially building these sorts of things like it is no uh it is no accident that every single one that we've named uh that is like commercially available and sold to people uh cortana siri Mm -hmm. um google now and uh alexa those are all uh female uh gendered right like These are all bots that are given, like, I mean, you know, they're the they're the result of someone building them, and they uh, they are all gendered in a way that I think is in, uh, problematic. Let's say, right? Like, uh, falsely yeah. so. There's someone's idea of what the gender should exactly, be. Exactly, exactly. And <laughs> the uh, you know, especially it's it's. I think it's much easier in text to abstract away a gender, right? Like when if you have a conversation with a with a text bot, like if there isn't a name involved, like if there isn't some sort of gendered name or something like that, unless there starts to be pronouns thrown about, like it's much it's much more difficult to um to tell. And that's actually I don't know uh, this is a little bit of an aside, but uh you you uh, you asked about the Turing test earlier, right? So I don't know how long it's been since you've read Turing's paper, but I, I read it this week for a thing here at Berkman, and oh, wow. um, yeah, it I, I had totally forgotten until I reread it that um, in explaining the Turing test to people who were not at the time familiar with computers, right? Because at the time mm-hmm. there were effectively zero people in the world that were familiar with computers. Um, in explaining it to people in this in this paper, he, his initial explanation was, well, imagine we had a man and a woman and an observer, and you couldn't tell which was which. You couldn't gender them in conversation that involved text. And that was his initial, like, example, was literally, like, communication and gendered communication for uh, then moving on to, well, okay, now imagine one of those people was a computer, and, like, could we tell if they were a computer, right? So, like, it it's probably not a huge surprise that Turing was uh, concerned about gender appearance and about, um, if, if anyone knows anything about the history of Alan Turing, um, you know, that concerned about that and using that as, a, as, an, as an example. But... Um, that like the, that from the literally the very earliest days of kind of understanding what a chatbot might even mean that the like gender was a gender was an issue and neutrality of gender was an issue and that was actually literally the example that was used uh, and yet here we are in 2016 with the computing power and ability to build you know the things that Turing imagined all, all those years ago and yet what are we doing we're 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 like turning them into female servants of some kind. It's just, it's, um, it's, it's problematic. And I, I hope that we find, uh, better ways to do this. I've also seen articles, uh, and I think maybe like fast company, I'll, uh, I'll try to do my due diligence and link them out that are talking about whether the future of artificial intelligent personality is one where we create gender neutral pronouns. Yeah. And then, you know, very recent in history, uh, many of the, I don't know, quote, artificial intelligent, uh, chat bot that 
was intentionally not built and not given its own personality and was groomed by the oh, internet yeah, uh, to be uh, come yeah. like a neo-Nazi millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Tay, Microsoft Research has failed uh, Twitter by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's 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 an interesting point. It's like you know, so some of the some of the problems in creating AI or AI adjacent um, technology is one where you know we kind of like rolling our D and D dice and <laughs> rolling a character, yeah. um, well, I think- and so the, and that carries with it some biases. But otherwise, like if we just let it go and l- create its personality naturally from what's available. Um, it can be well, something terrible. I think, I think the the real message there is the same message that like science fiction has been telling us since the since literally the the very first science fiction story, right? Since <laughs> since Mary Shelley sat down and wrote Frankenstein, the the message is we are the monsters, right? Like <laughs> it's it's not the things we create; it's us. We are the monsters. Um, that's the that's the role of of sci fi is to remind us of that every once in a while. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just—it's it, something that—it's something that has come up again and again, kind of through a variety of area, of conversations here at Berkman and um, how you know these things that we build necessarily reinforce our own biases, and how can we you know—is there a way by building better, by intentionally building better tools, we can influence the world in the direction we would prefer it to go, right? Instead of um, instead of reinforcing the biases that we that we you know as a culture may have, so like we we may not want that, but we're not going to get there unless we actually pay attention to the tools that we're building. And I would re- I would love I would love for someone to try to build a, a, a voice interface that was you know uh, contrary to uh, traditional gender norms. They're either. You know they're almost universally female, but when they're not, they're uh, very uh, proper British. Yes, um, yeah, no, it's true. No, that's, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. Here here in America, we love our we love our our, our British. <laughs> um, yeah, it's no. It's again, it's no. Uh, it's no uh, accident that uh, so on again Apple uh, Siri. You've got uh, you can change Siri to be a male voice. It's not the default. You can do it. Um, but if you do, you have three choices. You have American, British, and Australian, right? Like those are your choices. Like let's get <laughs> let let's get white dudes to, to talk to you. Um, so yeah. Well, of course, the ideal to create a personality that anticipates the personality that you need at that time. Sure. Right? So this yeah. uh, so like it's like oh, I as a um, white American programming male with um, a small family, I I would best interface um, with, you know, a personality that has, you know, these features. Yeah. Um, but you might have something different. And, of course, like, if our tones change, if our if our state of mind changes, perhaps the interface uh, changes as yeah. well. Yeah, there was, a, there was a suggestion in a, in a, in a conversation I was having uh, earlier this week that um, – Maybe what we need are bots that alter themselves depending upon what the bot thinks you should be doing. Like, if <laughs> there are already some kind of feedback bots out there that, like, bug you if you haven't gotten enough exercise today and <laughs> things like that. And then, you know, maybe, like, it starts as a gentle reminder and then, like, it eventually moves into, like, Arlie Army mode with, like, you know, the <laughs> the, the authoritarian <laughs> drill sergeant. Like, 
um, as as the as the mode of interface with you, um, you know, and t- kind of slowly ramping up. But uh, <laughs> I think that would be interesting. I don't know how well it's going to sell, right? How how many people are going to use it? But um, but it's fun, it's fun to think about. On that terrifying note, <laughs> we have already reached our time. Awesome. Um, I'm not sure we accomplished anything productive, but I think this was fascinating. Um, I'm, I really would love to go down this uh, rabbit hole about whether we um, uh, say like. Every December 31st, when we establish our New Year's resolutions, we choose that the person we would hope to be by next December, and the 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 bot adapts itself to groom yeah. us into that person. Yep. Um, so even if you don't want to, like, you know, well into March, it's like you don't have a choice if you want to get anything yep. done. They're, I think that, like, those days might be coming. We're not that far away, right? Internet of Things, uh, Smart Swarms, AI, we're... We're soon going to be at the uh, at the the at the uh, mercy of our robot overlords. So 